Yes, yes. Omega Watts in the house. Now let me set the table. Now, now, now let me set the table. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you could make it. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you could make it. Any questions I ask myself. Hi. Hi. Um, I want to thank Dana for that incredibly um, embarrassing introduction. Um, for my first time speaking, um, I am a Guy Fieri stand for life, but you know, I didn't want that to be told on stage. Um, so if you don't know me, if we haven't met before, uh, my name is Sophie, and um, I lead uh, the Blueprints 201 program here at the table. Um, if you know that, if you've met me through that, you might know my brother, Alec. Um, yeah? Um, Alec is one of the best human beings um, you will ever meet. But um, I think we have a picture of uh, me and my brother, Alec. Uh, this is back in uh, when I was in uh, six, a six-year-old, uh, very uh, awkward stage of my life. Um, but uh, I want to tell you about this little girl. Um, and a couple years before, when I was around four years old, um, my mom looked at me for the first time and said, Sophie, do you know what your name means? Okay, so some of you might know a little bit, might be catching on. My name, Sophie, literally translates in the Greek to the word wisdom. Wisdom. So um, I was thinking about what to speak about today. We're, we're talking about the best advice I never got. Um, and I was like trying to figure out, racking my brain, um, for a girl whose name means wisdom, like what do I talk about? Like how have I been foolish in my life, right? Um, so for really most of my life, um, I knew I was supposed to be wise. I knew um, that my name means wisdom. But uh, to be a, a six-year-old, four-year-old, uh, what does wisdom even mean, right? Like, uh, maybe you in the audience right now don't even know what wisdom means at this very second. Maybe you're uh, late in your adulthood. You're like, I don't even know what wisdom is. Um, I'm with you. I understand. Um, I've been there. So, but the way I defined um, and my family defined wisdom was one day, um, as a little six-year-old, Sophie decided she was gonna go to the balcony of our house where there was like large like wraparound poles that were like really graded. And I, just you know, being the curious person that I was, was like, I'm gonna go up to the edge and I'm gonna like try to sneak my whole body through this hole, see if I can fit through this uh, like little space from our second story balcony, right? Um, and for the first time in my life, I understood what wisdom meant when my mom, from behind me, yelled these words. She yelled, stay away from the edge. Stay away from the edge. Um, I, of course, backed up. I understood what that meant physically. Um, but you can confirm with Alec, uh, for the rest of our life, uh, my mom had three rules. Number one was stay away from the edge. Number two was stay away from the edge. Um, and number three was, as you could probably guess, stay away from the edge. That's right. Okay. So I knew that wisdom meant staying away from the edge, but um, not just physical, uh, physical edges. I knew that it meant something a little bit deeper than that. Um, and the way I understood uh, my mom's definition of wisdom was don't put yourself in a position of danger that does not leave any room for human error. 
Um, don't put yourself in a position where if you trip, you fall off a second-store balcony, right? If you trip, you should be in a position where the consequences aren't that painful, unnecessarily painful. Um, so for the rest of my life, pretty much, I tried to live by those three rules. Um, my name means wisdom. I was like, okay, I'm supposed to be this wise person, um, and so I'm going to follow this to a T. Um, that meant uh, even to the point of legalism, like I was so strict with myself about not letting myself be in any situation that I could pot uh, potentially fail or um, be in any danger at all. So um, this uh, came out in a very um, embarrassing way. I'm going to let you into a little secret, more so than just what Dana shared with you. But I, um, in like ninth grade, was like, told my boyfriend, hey, we're not kissing. We're going to leave room for Jesus. Like, I'm not even going to get close to that edge. Like, I don't even want to uh, be any, in any situation that could lead me to make a really bad decision, right? So... I spent my whole life avoiding danger, right? Um, I live by these rules, um, but the one area of my life that um, I'd never seen wisdom modeled for me before was within relationships. So fast forward, um, I'm in college, I started dating this guy, let's name him Chad, uh, because we all know Chad's, right? Yeah, okay, <laughs> glad we're on the same page. Um, so I <laughs> started dating Chad, um, but I didn't really know where that rule of my mom's of staying away from the edge, I didn't know where that fit in into the context of relationships. I just didn't. I'd never seen it done. Um, so this is me beginning of college. Fast forward a little further. Um, and one day, I look around a couple years ago at the status of my life. Um, I'm realizing that I'm in a really bad cycle of making really bad decisions. Um, I'm incredibly anxious about the relationship that I'm in. Um, I am so insecure. I've pushed away everyone in my life that I know wants what's best for me. Um, and I had to ask myself the question, like, did I fall off the edge? And um, maybe for you, uh, <laughs> maybe for you, you don't have a Chad in your life. Maybe you do. You know, there's a lot of girls in this room. We've been uh, with Chads. But um, I think some of us might be able to recognize that this foolish relationship, this edge of this, uh, the edge that we've fallen off of might be a foolish relationship. Okay? So some of us, uh, that foolish relationship might be a Chad. Maybe not. Maybe. You're trying really hard um, to make good decisions, to make wise decisions with your relationships, with your friends, uh, with your family, with your parents, with your boss. Um, maybe uh, you've spent your whole life trying to do the right thing, um, and even when it costs you uh, a lot, just to uh, make sure that you're in a safe situation, um, and you're really trying to stay really far from that edge. Maybe... Um, some of you see an edge and you go, that looks like a fun jump. And um, I think this might be limiting me in my options, right? Like maybe that edge looks a little enticing to you. Um, so wherever you're coming from, um, I think the question that I um, want to be asking tonight and that maybe you, you are seeking an answer is, um, what do I do if I find myself in a foolish relationship? What do I do, right? Um, but before we move forward on any practical steps, 
um, and really even understanding what a foolish relationship is and what it looks like. Um, I want us to pray and just ask that Jesus will um, soften our hearts and intercede on behalf of me. All right, so let's close our eyes um, and let's pray. Jesus, um, thank you for loving us. Thank you for um, bringing us together today. I pray that you will um, allow anything that I say to just be of you. Um, and if it's not, I pray that you just get it out of here. And I pray that um, if you're going to speak to any one of us tonight, um, including myself, that we would listen. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. All right. So uh, what do I do if I find myself in this foolish relationship? Well, in order to answer that question, we have to know what a foolish relationship is, right? What does it look like? And where better to answer that question than the book of Proverbs? Um, tonight, we're going to be reading the verse Proverbs 26, verse 8. So if you want to pull it up on your phones or on your um, physical Bible, if not, it will be on the screen. Um, and before we dig in, before we kind of break down this verse, I want to give you some context about the book of Proverbs. Um, so the book of Proverbs written by this guy named Solomon. Solomon was this king um, of Israel who was considered the wise king. He um, basically writes this book to his son um, in order to give him some good advice on how to prevent um, dangerous situations or how not to fall in or fall off the edge, as my mom would say. So um, let's read Proverbs 26, verse 8. It says, like one who binds the stone in a sling is one who gives honor to a fool. Like one who binds the stone in a sling is one who gives honor to a fool. Um, okay, so that might sound like really old sounding language. You're like, how does this apply to my life? I don't understand this. Um, great. Uh, so the first part of this verse is really important to understand the rest of it. So let's uh, kind of break that down. Who... Um, here grew up maybe in church, like heard like these Bible stories, David and Goliath, yeah, you heard this idea, you've heard of this a sling and a stone, maybe you had a backyard and you just like were one of those kids, it's just like, right, like, that was my brother, so. Um, <laughs> so uh, stone and a sling, what is that? That's a weapon. It's a weapon, right? Um, like putting a stone in a sling, that's like loading a gun. I think that's the closest equivalent. Uh, loading a gun, not putting the safety on is uh, probably the closest equivalent, right? So like loading a gun, putting yourself in a dangerous situation is like one who gives honor to a fool, right? So what is a fool, right? So the, the book of Proverbs talks a lot in the Bible in general, talks a lot about what fools are. Um, but I think uh, the way that um, I would define it within this verse, and I think this is what Solomon is getting at, is a fool is someone who's untrustworthy. Someone who can't be trusted with little, so they can't be trusted with much, right? Um, some of us might know people like this. They play with danger. They don't take danger seriously. And um, maybe they like, play with weapons to the point where they're endangering everyone else. Uh, I think <laughs> I have a pretty good example of someone who um, literally plays with fire and um, endangers everyone because of it. So let's uh, turn our attention to the screen. Maybe you uh, have seen this before. 
Last week I gave a fire safety talk. <coughs> and nobody paid any attention. It's my own fault for using PowerPoint. PowerPoint is boring. People learn in lots of different ways. But experience is the best teacher. Today, smoking is going to save lives. Right? Right? A fool! He's a fool! He's playing with fire. He literally, if you've seen the rest of that episode, you know what happens. Uh, it gets real bad. Uh, Stanley has a heart attack, in case you didn't know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is an example of a fool. This is someone who doesn't see the consequences of his actions as dangerous, and so he endangers everyone because of that, right? Um, so looking at this verse, we have this beginning. Like, loading, like one who binds the stone in the sling, right? Like someone who loads a gun is one who gives honor to a fool, honor to someone untrustworthy, someone untrustworthy, right? Okay, so now we understand those parts. What is honor? The idea of honor is not really something that in our Western culture or in the United States we talk about very often compared to maybe some other cultures, but honor, I think here, um, thinking about Solomon being a king, a good way to interpret the word honor in this situation is to use the word influence. Influence. Um, right? Solomon as a king has this mass influence over his kingdom. And he's saying to his son, hey, like loading a gun is like putting an untrustworthy person in a place of influence over your life. That's some serious, that's a serious situation, right? You're endangering yourself if you're putting an untrustworthy person in a place of influence in your life. Okay, so going back to kind of our original idea, uh, thanks Thomas, Sophie's version, I like that, Sophie's version of the verse. Uh, <laughs> going back to our original question um, of how do I know, what do I do if I find myself in a foolish relationship? Well, the first thing we need to know is how do I know if I'm in a foolish relationship? Number one, number one, you can't trust them. You can't trust them. Number two, you've given them an influential role in your life. So how do I know if I'm in a foolish relationship? How do I know if I'm in a foolish relationship? If the person who I've given influence over me is untrustworthy and I still let them be in that position of influence, right? Okay, so let me give you some examples uh, of what this actually looks like. So a person can have influence over your mind, over your body, over your emotions, right, over your money. So here are some examples. Um, who here would start a business with someone who um, gambles all their money all the time, right? You wouldn't do that, right? No one in this room would go into a literal business partner with someone who doesn't know how to handle money or who steals money, right? That's untrustworthy person. You're giving financial influence over your life. That's just no-go, right? Another example is maybe you decide to spend the majority of your time with a friend, maybe you consider this person your best friend, um, with a person who every time you trust them with details about your life, you find out they're gossiping about you behind the back, behind your back. Um, and you, they continually break your trust and you continually tell them, hey, 
can you not do this, please? Like, this is, is, this is hurting me. And they keep doing this. Um, but you still consider them your best friend, and you still spend the amount of time that you do with this person, right? This person's influencing your thoughts and your emotions over and over again. Um, maybe, like me um, and Chad, you decide to date and to start uh, a relationship with a person who you know you can't trust with your emotions or your body or uh, your thoughts, right? Like every time you try to invest in this person or give them any influence or allow them to speak into your life, they probably give you bad advice and they put you in dangerous situations and they make you feel unsafe, right? Um, we tell ourselves when we're in these foolish relationships, you know, I'm not a fool. I'm just in a foolish relationship, right? I'm not a fool. They are, I'm not. Uh, I'm just in this relationship with them, and I'm actually changing them for the better. <laughs> yeah, we've heard that before, right? Uh, I'm wise, they're the fool, so I'm going to make them wise. But I think what this verse is telling us in Proverbs is Solomon's saying to his son, hey, you're endangering yourself when you put someone of in, uh, uh, untrustworthy in a place of influence over your life because they make you foolish. You don't make them wise, right? Um, staying in these relationships, uh, the best analogy I can, <laughs> I can give you is um, I hate to keep polling y'all, like giving polls, but who here uh, knows someone who's lactose intolerant or is lactose intolerant? Raise your hand. Seriously, serious question. Okay, all right. Um, who here, of whether you are the person or you know the person, um, eats ice cream? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, so staying in these relationships are like a lactose intolerant person eating ice cream. You know it's gonna happen. You know it's gonna be a rough night and you still decide to put yourself in the situation, right? This is, <laughs> y'all having back flashes, like thinking about your, your rough nights. Yeah, so um, big idea here, big idea. Foolish relationships make a fool out of us. Foolish relationships make a fool out of us. They don't make them wise. They make us foolish. Don't give untrustworthy people influence over your life. Um, it never works out that we are safer because of it or they are better because of it. It just ends up with um, us falling off an edge and being a really, really deep pit underneath the ground. Um, okay, so we know what a foolish relationship looks like. Um, we, we kind of see examples um, of this in our lives over and over again, um, but what do we do? right? Um, say you've uh, been playing with this, playing with fire, playing with this like dangerous relationship, um, and you know you're in danger of getting hurt, or maybe you're in the cycle of getting really hurt by this person over and over and over again, and um, you've placed yourself in the position where any human error leads to you making a huge bad decision. It doesn't lead to a tiny little consequence, but a huge blow up. Right? If you make any mistake in the situation you're in, um, you end up getting really hurt. Um, these foolish relationships aren't necessarily, being in these foolish relationships aren't necessarily 
a sin, but they put us in the position to make sinful decisions. So this is what my mom was getting at. She was like, hey, don't stay uh, close to the edge where if you trip, you make this huge decision, right? That actually is really, really has huge consequences. Instead, why don't you stay back here in a place where if you make a a, a mistake, um, you aren't in this position to make a sinful decision, right? Um, So often, the consequences of our foolish uh, relationships or of our being in foolish relationships is making these sinful decisions that lead to a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. Um, uh, I, like, before I continue and tell you anything um, about what I think Jesus speaks into our life and what we maybe need to hear and do um, moving forward is to really... um, think about this question, um, our original question. What do we do if you find yourself in a foolish relationship? Um, the first thing is we need to hear what Jesus says, um, and what he says about us is that God meets our shame and guilt with kindness and grace. God meets our shame and guilt with kindness and grace. Um, in Romans 2, 4, um, Jesus, or uh, Paul speaks, or the writer of Romans says, um, or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. All that means is it's not his anger, it's not Jesus' condemnation, it's not his disappointment that makes us change our behavior. It is his kindness, his pursuit of us every day um, to be his that leads us to change our behavior. So I believe very strongly that you can only truly um, practically apply steps in your life if you, if you, unless you first accept the kindness and grace of Jesus in your own life. Um, because it is the grace of Jesus that allows us to come home. And um, I'm going to read a passage from Luke 15 um, that is from directly from the words of Jesus, um, from the mouth of Jesus, that um, speaks to a, a guy, a kid like us maybe, who was in a foolish relationship and went down a really dark place um, and found himself in the consequences of his actions. Um, and this is what Jesus Um, being the father in the story says about him. Um, This is Luke 15, verses 20 through 24, um, the story of the prodigal son. Um, And he arose and came to his father. This is speaking about the kid um, who has disobeyed. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, for this my son was dead and is alive again, and he was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. So, um, Before, like I said, we move on to anything practical, I want to take you guys um, to my lowest moment. So this is Camp Orlando uh, 2019. 
I'm a camp counselor. Some of you might uh, have been counselors before, maybe you attended if you grew up in Orlando, but I was a camp counselor for the third time, uh, but this time uh, showing up, I felt so unworthy of being there. Um, I was at rock bottom emotionally, spiritually, uh, physically just depleted. Um, I was so lost and I'd let the shame and guilt uh, from the decisions that I'd made and the cycle of shame and guilt over and over again um, to really uh, take control of my life. And I no longer let any other influences in my life except for that of this relationship that I'd been in. And I really was so lost and in so much pain emotionally and just wanted out but didn't see any way out. I knew that I'd fallen off the edge, but like I said earlier, I was so down in this pit and I didn't know how to get out. Um, I thought maybe if I could just try harder um, to make some better decisions that I could climb out somehow. Kind of like the prodigal son is like, hey, I'm so unworthy of like being your son. Like you can even make me a servant in, in your house. Like I'll work for you. Like that's where I was. This is the place that I was in emotionally. And um, what I wish I would have heard and what I wish um, someone would have looked at me and told me um, is that it all begins with before I can change my behavior, I have to accept the kindness and grace of Jesus in my life and know that I can't work to, to get any more love or any more acceptance from him. So before we actually create any or talk about, about any practical steps that we can take, I want to lead us in a prayer response um, that just allows us to um, speak to Jesus. And you can do this out loud if you want or in your mind. But very quickly, I want us all to just close our eyes um, and pray this with me. Jesus, I receive your grace and kindness in my life right now. I acknowledge that I've done nothing to deserve your love and thank you for creating a life for me that is free of shame and guilt in my past, present, and future. Amen. Amen. All right. Okay. So once, maybe this was the first time you've ever faced this part of yourself and um, so proud of you. And I just, if you want to talk to anyone later about this, feel free to go to the Connection Lounge. Um, I'll be back there. But um, now that we've come to terms with the fact that we are powerless to change our own hearts and that we need Jesus in order to have any wisdom in our life, practically applied, what do we do? What do we do if we find ourselves in these foolish relationships? Um, one of my favorite songs is um, by Fleetwood Mac, and it's called Landslide. Um, Y'all know about this? Y'all know about this? Okay. Landslide has this line in it that uh, makes me cry, and I'm not going to cry about it, but it's, it's the best. Um, it says, well, I've been afraid of changing because I've built my life around you. Y'all sing that in your head, okay? I've been afraid of changing because I've built my life around you. Maybe this is you because I know this was me a couple years ago. I had let the influence of the people in my life truly shape all my decisions. Um, even to the point where I was deciding where to go to college, I was deciding what state to go, move to um, after I graduated. I had let this influence over me define who I am. 
Um, and I was so lost, and so my circumstances, my, my literal, like, uh, practical situations, um, it wasn't so, so easy just to get out, because I built a life around this person, right, and what they said. So um, my challenge to you guys this week uh, is not necessarily just to uh, uh, break up with him, because I know that's a little harsh, uh, but maybe that is what you need to do. Uh, but I want your challenge this week is to choose one time this week to set a boundary within this relationship, this foolish relationship. Um, so what does that look like, setting a boundary in these relationships? Well, um, it might look like a conversation with that friend who's your supposedly best friend about how they've broken your trust, right? If, if a conversation's too scary, I understand, but you can set a mental um, schedule to maybe do that in the future when it comes up. Um, for some of us, I think this is an important one to talk about. Um, maybe your, your um, foolish relationship isn't with a person, but it's with a device. Um, and th- this, you might be like, that doesn't really make any sense. Like, you know, how is a device untrustworthy? Well, have you given it influence over your life? Have you given it influence over your thoughts uh, when you're lonely in the middle of the night? Um, have you given it influence over what you do in the middle of the night? Um, maybe like last week um, you hooked up with a guy and you have his number in your phone and you know that guy is a Chad and you're like, uh-uh, I know I shouldn't keep this guy's phone number. I know I'm gonna make some bad decisions if I keep this guy's phone number. But instead, you're like, well, I'm going to let it have some influence. I'm going to keep it in my phone, right? So maybe what you need to do is unfollow that account or delete that number, because I did. Um, or maybe you need to set some timers on your phone for if, if you need to use social media for any other reason. Um, set some timers for yourself. Preventative, right? Preventative. Um, maybe your parents uh, pay for everything. Maybe your parents pay for everything, and you know you can pay for some stuff, but you just let them pay for everything. But because of that, they influence every financial decision that you make. And uh, maybe those parents aren't very trustworthy, and so maybe those, those uh, financial decisions, they leverage over you or manipulate you, and maybe it's time that you just open your own bank account, okay? Maybe that's your boundary. Maybe like, hey, I'm paying for my own phone bill, okay? Um, and lastly, like I said, maybe it's time to break up, right? Maybe it's time to break up. If it's a romantic relationship, maybe you need to have a conversation this week and just be like, hey, uh, you've been untrustworthy, and I, I need to know moving forward where this is going, right? Um, so just to close this out, I told you about little baby Sophie and how she just wanted to be wise and just was almost to the point of being legalistic with herself, just wanted to follow the rules, and to be honestly, she just wanted to be safe. She wanted to be safe, and she didn't want to be put in situations where um, she could get hurt. And then moving forward, uh, Camp Orlando 2019, she realizes she's in this really dangerous situation emotionally and physically, and she's like, hey, I need to get out, but I don't see a way out. Right? And instead of uh, breaking up with them then, don't wait a year and a half, like me, to make the decision to set that boundary. 
because I'm telling you right now, it's gonna save you a lot of unnecessary pain if you decide right now to cut it short, right? Um, I wanna flash forward from that really low moment in my life to August 2020 um, when I did finally break up with Chad. Um, For the first time in a long time, I felt safe. I had let this person's influence over me uh, have more value and more weight over what I knew Jesus said about me. Um, And um, what my vision for all of you tonight, moving forward from here, if you come over with anything, um, I just hope you uh, put into practice a daily acceptance of Jesus' love in the form of his kindness and grace and know that there's nothing you can do to be loved more or less. Um, But when we limit the influence of these untrustworthy people in our lives, um, we save ourselves a lot of pain um, and a lot of unnecessary suffering. So in the context of relationships, um, I thought that the boundary uh, was, was really limiting my options. That's where I wanted to stay away from the edge, but when I saw Chad, I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump, and I think I, I can make him better, right? I can make him better. Uh, but when I found myself in this really low situation, and I found myself in, a, in my worst moment, um, I realized that that boundary was protecting me was protecting me like my mom was telling me from the beginning Sophie stay away from the edge stay away from the edge you're gonna get hurt stay away from the edge from the beginning and um, I never heard this I never got this advice so I hope that moving forward you guys hear this and that you see how much unnecessary pain you can avoid um, if you just limit the influence of these people in your life Uh, So I'm going to pray us out, and then we're going to respond by singing about the goodness of God. So pray with me. Um, Jesus, um, just thank you for being a kind, um, good, loving, grace-filled God um, that reminds us that we don't have to earn a thing, um, but that when we heed your wisdom and we pursue what you say about us, that um, it changes our lives and it really does allow us to see who we are and who our identity should be in. Um, And I just thank you for tonight and I pray this in your name, amen.